All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Parent Tell. My name is Kayla. I am your host and creator. Um, we're nearing episode 100, which it's like crazy because I feel like we've gotten here so fast. And at the same time, I'm like, wait, it took legit two years to get to episode 100. So it's both of those things. Um, this is an honest podcast about parenting, pregnancy, postpartum, uh, what it's like to create that kid. And then if that's your journey and then have that kid in the world and you're like, oh, okay. So I'm just supposed to like take care of you for the rest of my life. It's very daunting. Um, and that's why we're here because we're all going through that daunting experience together. And even it's one of those things where like, yes, we're in the age of social media where you can have access to resources, help a virtual village, you know, 24 seven. But I do think a lot of us still feel super isolated and alone. So I felt that way. And I actually have to say, I don't really feel that way as much anymore. And that's largely because of this community. So I just, you know, my little spiel. So thank you guys. Just thanking you right off the bat in the beginning of the episode. So this week we're going to be talking about travel. And as you guys know, I just came back from traveling. So this is just perfectly timed. Today, I'm talking with Lee Friedman. She is a mom of two, and she's the founder of the family travel platform, Mango Tree Travel. So it's all about traveling with kids and making it, surprise, fun for the adults too. (laughs) So welcome, Lee. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Kayla. I'm so excited to be here and to hear more about your recent uh, travel experience. I've been waiting to hear about it. I can't wait. Yes. And I feel like you're like the perfect person to talk to about and like vent to about it. Cause you'll just be like, mm-hmm, yep. Yep. And here's all the things <laughs> yeah. that you can do next time to help yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically I think it was through Facebook, you know, we're Lee and I are both a part of this podcast, like collaborative group on Facebook. And I've wanted to do this episode for a while. I'd reach out to a few people and never came to fruition. And I just like timing is everything because you and I talked right before the Disney trip. And I was like, yep, I'm about to embark on this journey. Let's record after I get back because yes. I know it's going to be even juicier and I'll be able to relate even more to what you're saying after I got back. So let's start with the big one, which I know I've heard people say it to me before. I know it's on your website. It's not a vacation with kids. It's a trip. I, when you put, I think, I think you had a post up about looking to do this episode. And I think you may have even included that quote. And it's one of my least favorite, but now favorite quotes, because I use it all the time, of course. Um, But it's so often used and it drives me crazy. And it's not that there's no reality to that. Obviously there are some parts about traveling with kids that are, uh, that don't feel like vacation. Um, there, you know, you you have less time to yourself, especially if you're professional, busy working parents. Normally, you have childcare for some amount of the time during mm. your week, and then on vacation, suddenly you find yourself without childcare, with all yep. these things you want to do, but with these little people whose needs you have to take into account every minute of every day, and <laughs> it gets challenging. I really believe, in my experience, you can line yourself up going into a vacation to make it feel like a vacation, even when you're traveling with kids. That's not to say the whole thing will be perfect or that it will feel the way a vacation felt before you had kids. But I don't think that travel with kids has to be only hard or mostly hard or that it's some sort of like thing we should just accept, right? That, oh, you're just like, you're not going to have a vacation for 10 years until your kids are older. I don't think you have to accept that. And I think it can be better than that. Yeah. How about you? I don't know. Did you have a vacation? (laughs) (laughs) It was not, it was not a vacation, but I also think that wasn't my mindset going into it. Um, and I, so my husband, I just recorded a baby. which is going to come out two weeks before this episode. And we talked about our, our different expectations and, I didn't expect it to necessarily be super fun for me. So I do think kind of like having going in with that mindset did help me navigate and actually maybe made it a tiny bit more enjoyable. Cause when there were those pleasant surprises, I was like, Oh, I am having fun. Like, (laughs) Oh, okay. This is a little better than I thought it would be. I, I should also preface this by saying my business doesn't focus on like Disney type travel. It focuses on more what I'll call like adult friendly travel that is also kid friendly. I have also been to Disney with my kids and I had a very fun 
experience at Disney with my kids, that's not necessarily the type of vacation that will feel like a vacation yes. to a parent, right? <laughs> there are trips that we do because we know our kids will love them. Yeah. And because there are these formative things like Disney that you now in some ways all kids should get to experience. And then yeah. there is travel that we do that sort of scratches the travel itch for both parents and kids that maybe we can think about. So it was unfair of me to try to ask if your Disney vacation was the vacation you've been dreaming about for 10 years or whatever. Yeah, I think that is important to note that your destination and the type of trip really dictates who it's going to be for um, and the kind of fun you're going to have and maybe right. like the levels of enjoyment that you're going to That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I think that just going back to the, it's not a vacation with your kids. It's a trip mindset. I'm not sure like, you know, like where this came from, but I, I am very much like you, like I have a love hate relationship with it because it is true. You're not, I mean, it's not wrong, but it's also, I don't think that's something that should be like our guiding light when it comes to talking about traveling with your kids. And also particularly like when you talk to other people about traveling with children, because I think that, you know, before you have kids, you have all these like grand ideas, Mm -hmm. like how it's going to be. But I do often think a lot of times phrases like this end up giving off the notion that like, oh, well, if you have kids, your life is over. Like you said, you're you're not going to travel for the next 10 years. So just deal with it because you can't travel with kids because it's miserable. And I think that's so, that's just like such a toxic way of being. And that's not something we should necessarily be telling people, but especially new parents, because I feel like it's hard, like this stuff is hard enough. And then you feel like, oh, I, oh, well, I guess we're going to cancel that trip or no, we'll just wait till he's older because everyone said it's miserable. Mm-hmm. And I think if you are able to kind of not lower your expectations, have the correct expectations, adjust, going into adjust. <laughs> yes, adjust <laughs> your expectations and also plan ahead yeah. and kind of really like have strategies in your toolkit, then it doesn't have to be you know, like doesn't have to be answerable. I think that's a really good point. And because I forget sometimes that I am not always the same as the other person who's seeing that content on social media. Like I see something on social media where someone says it's not a vacation with kids. It's just a trip or all these jokes about why traveling with kids isn't working. And I kind of can brush it off, right? Because I'm an experienced parent traveler. But I do know a lot of people who had babies during COVID and who are very nervous about traveling with kids. And when they see that messaging, it's a totally different reaction, a different story. I got really worked up on social media a few weeks ago because I saw a post like that that wasn't really even trying to be funny. It was really almost trying to discourage parents from traveling with kids under the age of two. But I've seen people on like the family travel Facebook board say things like, I had this horrible flight with my kid under two. I think I'm just going to stop traveling until they're five years old. And when you Mm -hmm. see that reinforcing sort of negative cycle, like that parent doesn't then need to see that social media meme the next day, right? Of how it's just not worth it to travel with kids. Um, It's one thing for people who know to shake it off and brush it off, but it does fuel, I think, a pretty like negative, toxic sort of environment for people who are turning to social media or wherever to to get motivated and inspired um, as parents and don't need that in their life. Yeah. And I mean, so this was my son's first airplane ride. Um, Ooh, I know he? it was, he's two and a half next okay. month. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All of those things. Yes. Okay, yeah. So I remember, <clears throat> I think we were on the plane, basically like the day that we left. I don't even know if my husband and I ever said it to each other. I think it was very much like a mind melt thing. Our goal was just get on the plane, literally like get your butt in the seat. We're good to go. I can't think of anything beyond that. <laughs> and it was mostly just because it was an early morning flight. So now lesson learned, we will not be doing a flight before like 10 a.m. No, just, I actually think they're the best, but really, everyone has to figure out their own thing. Yeah, you just get it over with. So I, that was our feeling going into it. And I think that's why we picked that flight. But as like, I think after we landed, we looked at each other and we were just like, 
okay, maybe next time we'll choose a later flight. <laughs> and why? Because you were tired. What made it? I'm so interested in what so, made the morning flight hard for you. I think it was mostly, we live in an area, so we live in Northern Virginia and we live in an area where the traffic can be very congested and very unpredictable. So, and it was fine. Like we lived 20 minutes from the airport. There was no traffic. It was fine. But I think it was one of those anxiety pieces where we were like, okay, well, if, what if this happens on the road? And I think it was mostly just the traffic because it's pretty easy to like, you know, you, you get up, get yourselves ready. And then you wake the kid up and you go, that part wasn't that bad. Um, I think it was kind of other outside factors. I think I told you my, my son had double pink eye the week that we were supposed to leave. <laughs> and then the day before we got on the airplane, um, he had a fever of a hundred degrees for a couple oh, hours no, from and, his first had, flight. and had been awake the previous night, uh, just vomiting. So it there, so there were a lot of like outside things that were out of our control that did end up making us just feel like yeah, comic frazzled. Um, but our flight coming back left at 2 15 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. That did seem easier, but then again, maybe it was just because we were going home. So you we never know. Like, oh. You know, I think my opinion is the perfect time to fly with a kid. There's no perfect time to fly with a kid, but if you can get lucky and get that like 8 a.m. flight where mm-hmm. you're sort of work- waking up on your normal schedule and going straight to the airport, I don't like killing time with my kids in the morning before we leave for the airport. I would rather wake them up at four in the morning than have them be awake in the house making a mess before we leave. But again, it's all like what your pain point is. And that's one thing I've really started to think about in terms of like concrete tips for parents traveling is like, think about the one thing that's causing you the most anxiety in like the week or two leading up to your trip. And that's going to be different for every parent. Make real efforts to solve for that. Mm -hmm. So if it's the airplane like the actual time on the airplane, not the lead up to the airplane, you know, make sure you've really like done a lot of work and thought about like which toys to bring And it might not work, but at least, you know, you've prepared or yes. if it's sleeping, like a lot of parents are really nervous about the sleeping arrangements in hotels, right? There's some great gear you can get to ensure like separation between you and your baby or book the bigger room. Like that's the time to spend money in the bigger room if you can because mm-hmm. it will relieve like a huge stressor on yourself and, and figuring out like one or two real pain points for you and making steps to solve for that puts your mom brain like at rest. Yeah. Um, and yes. it helps with the whole like process going in. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I've realized, especially since having a kid, my husband and I have very different anxiety points mm-hmm. and they're hardly ever the same, which ends up kind of working out because then we kind of have like all of our bases covered, but it is frustrating sometimes when I'm the one thinking about like, yeah, okay, well I here, I'm going to pack like these three, like low key lightweight, but hopefully entertaining toys for the plane. I have all the snacks. I got the applesauce. Here we go. And You're he's ready. worried. And he's worried about like driving to the airport and getting I mean, in traffic. Like, so yes. it works out, but it's also difficult sometimes where I'm just like, no, 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 that doesn't matter. We need to focus on this. That's like, totally no, 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 right. That doesn't matter. We need to focus on this. And we're just like, well, let's, let's get to the airport. And it's funny because I think like many things with parenting, learning to, maybe you learn to travel with your husband before you had kids. Like my husband yeah. and I traveled a lot together, learning to travel with your husband with kids. It's like a whole new thing you have Completely to learn. Completely different. Um, and you were, you know, I were chatting before we started like the podcast about um, sometimes it being a little bit hard to have fun on vacation with kids. Um, my husband, I hope he doesn't listen to this episode, but my <laughs> husband, he has trouble sometimes really having fun when we're on vacation with our kids and I can see it on his face. And I've had mm-hmm. to learn that it's not my responsibility to fix that, but that I can do little things to help to set us up in a way where there is fun for him to be had in the day too, which then makes it more fun for him to be engaged with the kids if there's been something for everybody. But we, you know, we're almost six years into traveling with with our kids and we're still learning all of that, right? It's still hard to do. Yeah. Um, I think about how, I think by the time we sat on the plane, it was like, (laughs) like, okay, we did it. Um, 
And we also flew with the car seat. Like we bought the seat for my son. We flew with the car seat. That was something I very much wanted to do. Good um, for you. Shout out to Michelle at Safe in the Seat. I just like, she is just my, like my car seat angel. And thanks to her, I actually didn't have anxiety about that. Good, see? Yes. And then because you saw for it going in. Exactly. And then I kind of looked at my husband. I was like, can you believe that originally Robin, my son, his first flight was supposed to be when he was three months old. Like, can you, and it, it's both ways. So we were supposed to go to a wedding in August, 2020. He was born mm-hmm. in 2020. We didn't go. And we were very disappointed at the time. You know, we bought the tickets pre-pandemic, all that stuff. Pre-baby being Earthside. We're like, it's it's going to be fine. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it'll be great. It will bring maybe like one or two in-laws. It's good. We got it. Yep. I mean, and now I was, two years later, I was breastfeeding like would have had to bring the pump what like mind boggling but at the same time it would have been I easier did... yes it would have been so much easier oh my god <laughs> that's tell exactly you, it's so much easier it would yeah. have been so much easier yeah. i do find myself feeling really disappointed sometimes not necessarily even for my son cuz he doesn't know yeah, more for so you. for me yeah that his first flight, I never in my life, as someone who like got their first passport at age two, I never in my life would have imagined that my son, his first time on a plane would be when he's two and a half. And also logistically so much harder to keep him entertained yeah. and still yeah. at that age. Like I would have loved even like a year and a half or nine yeah. months. I would have yeah. loved, loved it. It would have been so much easier. And I think that's and, what, when you have kids, you kind of know that, but people yeah. are always like, no, you don't want to fly with a baby. And I'm like, yes, you, you do. It's the best yes, time I do. You can strap them to your body. They are yep. sleeping. They're eating. It's, it's so much that, easier. That, that act of getting your son to the plane was some probably so much more daunting at two and a half than it would have been had you flown with him at three months, at six months, oh, yeah. at nine months, right? It is a practiced art for you and for him. So like the kids learn how to adjust better traveling. And then you also learn what works and doesn't work for you flying with babies and flying with toddlers and all that kind of thing and coming up with, with tips. So you, you had to kind of overcome a much bigger hurdle, I think, to get yeah. on this first flight with a two and a half year old. And you're, yes. you're not alone. There's so many parents who are having to, to do that. Yeah. yeah. So let's kind of switch to like speaking of, you know, starting travel when yeah. kids are really young, you know, obviously two and a half is still very young, yes. but you give yourself some credit. How, yes, <laughs> doing it. Yes. We did it. We're doing it. He's had, he's got two flights under his belt. That's, yeah. that's good enough for where we are. Um, but you talked about how, you know, on the Facebook groups, you see some people say like, Oh, well, we're not, you know, I was scarred, which like sucks. So unfortunate, but we're not traveling again until this age. And I think as someone who did have the privilege of parents who love to travel, who did, whose parents brought them along. Like, I mean, we were constantly traveling different places and I think it really helped form my view, like of the world, um, my experiences. And as a child, you know, you think your life is, or everyone else's life is just like yours. Mm-hmm. So I, you know what I mean? Like, yes. oh, well I traveled to, I traveled so, so, so much of everyone. Christmas, so everybody. Yep, exactly. Um, but growing up, I realized that like, no, a lot of other kids didn't have the opportunity to travel. And so I think we should talk about how, if you have the opportunity as you know, the adult, it's so important to get your kids traveling, not only just to have like the bonding experience as a family, but just like the learning opportunities for culture and language and just experiencing things outside of their norm, which ends up having a profound positive impact on what they think, feel, and believe. And obviously I'm speaking very personally, because that's been my experience, but I did just want to ask you, like, how do you feel about starting kids traveling when they're super young? And why do you think it matters? I'm trying to decide whether to answer with the, like, why it matters for parents first or the why it matters for the children. Um, uh, I'll start because it just comes more naturally with why I think it's important for parents, which is if you are a person who loves to travel, I believe that one of the best things you can do to kind of find ways to enjoy those first really challenging years of being a parent is to keep doing it. And that's partly because the more you give up 
as a new parent, right? The harder sometimes it is to enjoy this whole part of the journey. Whereas traveling with your kids when they are young, if you start that process, it naturally becomes part of the parenting journey. And then that becomes something you can love to do with your kids. And you have this sort of connected um, piece back to who you were before you were a parent. That has been something I think that has gotten me through parenting. Um, and it's not that going to be that way for everybody, right? For some people, travel is maybe like a once a year, once every, every couple of years. For some, like me, it's like a constant sort of part of my life. Um, but however you fall on the travel space, like the sooner you start to do it with your kids, the more that can just become part of your life again. And I think that's really important. Um, and the bonding too, I think, I, just, I think that's a lot without knowing why sometimes to one of the first trips, first big trips I had with my daughter when she was three. Um, and it was right before COVID. And it wasn't the first trip we took with her, but I think it was the first one where she was super interactive. And we went to Cartagena in Colombia um, for a week with her. And it was, my husband and I both looked at each other at the end of the trip and said, this trip was better because she was here. It wasn't just like we had a good trip and we managed to have a good trip with our daughter. Yeah. But the culture in Colombia is so kid-friendly that having a three-year-old with us, I thought, opened more doors for us in many ways of people who were just like warm and welcoming mm. and wanted to include her. And the the whole experience was just this like warm, pleasant, like welcoming experience. And she got to see bright colors and take a horse John carriage through Cartagena and go shopping with us and stay out late for dinner. And all of those experiences, like she still mentioned some of them, even though I'm not sure she remembers them specifically. Yeah. She remembers the feeling of that trip. And we all remember the feeling of that trip. And she was not quite three, um, you know, and, and I think we were able to have that successful trip because we had taken like less adventurous trips and smaller trips and mm. different trips with her before she got that age. And then by the time she was three, she was like, a very good traveler and she like could kind of roll with it and we knew what to do. We knew our stress points. Um, and she has continued to have travel as part of her life and is constantly seeing things that are outside sort of her comfort zone and in our day-to-day life. That I think that has just been really like wonderful um, to watch uh, and to experience with her. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, you made so many good points right there. And I think one of the ones that might slip past people is that it takes practice to travel. And I, you know, our adult brains don't necessarily think about that because hi, hello, we've been doing it, but it's another one of those things that you kind of do have to model for your child and teach your child. And I mean, you even just reminded me of that right now. I'm like, well, Okay, of course. That was like Robin's first really, right. really big trip. So yeah. we did learn a lot and the next one will be different and it will be better, especially as he gets older and he can be more active. I literally tell people totally. that having a child is essentially like having a puppy, like when you're walking on the street. Yes, like it is. Yeah. People, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like when he was a baby, I was like, oh, get away from me because it was unfortunately also like, and I've talked about this on the podcast for weird comments about like, that's a big baby or like, yeah. little, like physical appearance comments. And I'm just like, like a big dog. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm just like, okay, well, like I'm a tall person and like all babies are different and like chunky babies are healthy babies and skinny babies are healthy. Babies they say too. it as if you've so done like, something like to create a large, I have a stocky. My yeah. son is like a little stocky. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how to approach that, but now yeah. that he's older, it is more people are just like friendlier and they want to say hi, or they want to like do little things. Like even at Costco, like almost every single time I let him give the receipt to the person as we're leaving. And they almost always like draw a happy face on the back. And it's so nice, you know, it's so nice. And I really think that like, it's, it makes me, I'm pretty, I'm, I lean more towards introversion. So like having my son with me does kind of push me to be a little more extroverted. And it's also just like nice when people are nice to you. Like it's nice because you have a kid, people are just more prone to being warm and friendly to you. So then naturally you have a better experience. You see your kid having a really good experience because people are being friendly to them. And I think that's a really good thing to point out that like your kid can make the experience better. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Not always. 
<laughs> not all the but, time, but it can especially, happen. <laughs> yeah, especially right. at Disney World. Especially Disney, right? <laughs> you could just when do Disney without your children. That would break yeah. down. Oh, I literally said to my husband the first day, "Wow, Disney is a lot less fun with children." Yeah, and you're like, "Hmm, that's interesting." <laughs> yeah, hmm, not surprised, but I am surprised. Um, and there's little things, you know. We just went to Bonaire, which has been one of my favorite trips that I've ever taken. And uh, it's a diving, scuba diving. So, you know, I focus on Caribbean travel. So I'm mostly in the Caribbean these days for me. Uh, So Bonaire usually attracts scuba divers because there's an amazing reef right offshore. And I'm a diver and I would have loved to have gone there without my kids to do a bunch of diving. And I was a little nervous about going there with kids because I knew I couldn't do as much scuba diving. Mm -hmm. And like, what else does the island have to offer? And we sat at breakfast at our hotel and it's like very natural island and it's a a marine protected area. And we're sitting at breakfast at this restaurant overlooking the water and there's reef fish, like aquarium style reef fish, like tropical bright colors that you can see like right from breakfast. And a pelican, like fishing right next to where we're eating. And it's wonderful. But rather than enjoy that for 30 seconds, as I, as I might have as an adult traveling, that would have been, that was like a 45 minute sort of entertainment for us because my one and a half year old was so delighted by this. I mean, it's finding Nemo in real life. In real life. Yeah. We just watched that two days ago and I'm like, Oh my God, what was the pelican's name? Like it's right? like, wow. like uh, <laughs> name? I forget actually. But and yeah. and I love that. Like I got, I actually sat and had coffee for longer than I would at home and longer than I would have had I'd been rushing to scuba dive because we were just enjoying like this little small thing. Um, and in some ways, traveling with kids slows you down because yeah. you stop and you have to pay attention to little things that you might not have otherwise, because your kids are like, guys, have you seen this pelican? This is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And you're like, it kind of is like, you're sort of right about that. And I yeah. really enjoy that part of traveling with kids more than I, it's like a surprise bonus seeing it through their eyes. And like, what a cool thing that is too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the first, so background. My husband grew up going to Disney World um, <clears throat> all the time. His mom is a big fan. She's from Florida. Um, like she went, you know, like shortly after the park had first opened. And um, this was my first time. I don't know if I told you this is my first time going to Disney. No. World. Oh, ever, ever. Oh, yes. That makes me think <laughs> about this differently. For you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just so many, so <laughs> many factors, so much. Um, we used to live in San Diego and while we lived there for three years, we went to Disneyland a bunch of times. No, no children, obviously no child. And it was a quick and easy day trip. We would like leave early in the morning, come back late at night, super easy, loved it. But and my husband tried to prepare me that like Disney world is literally like its own city. It is nothing <laughs> like Disneyland. And I was prepared, but I wasn't at the same time. And, um, my husband hadn't been there in like 10 or 11 years, but the, especially the first two days I had to kind of like, hello, you are here with your child. I need yeah. you to literally slow down. Like you're walking too fast. I can't run people <laughs> over with this stroller one. And I had to kind of tell him though, like, it's okay. If we don't do everything, he has no, like, yeah, that was honestly such a good, like, like such a good point for me to kind of constantly remind myself and my husband, like he's not going to, Robin's not going to remember this trip. No, like, yes, we're here with the whole family. We're here for this family trip, but like, he has no idea. It's that is something my husband's gotten much better about over time traveling of sort of like, again, this is a little bit like managing expectations, but how much you're going to accomplish during a day uh, on a trip. And it used to be, you know, we would go to some like tropical destination and he would be like, okay, so we'll find time to do like three days worth of diving. And I'm like, okay, let's think about like the logistics of that for a minute. And now when we travel with our kids, he's often the one who's like, well, if we fit in one day of diving, like that'll be great because when you try to overcomplicate it and fit in all the things that you thought you should fit in, that's where like it's hard to have fun. Yes. starts to really come in because then yes. you're just fighting a, like a battle against your own itinerary and frustration that you're not checking off all of your things that you thought you would do. And if you exactly. go in with a little bit less expectation of what you'll be able to accomplish on your trip and a little bit more like this is about relaxing and slowing down, then yeah. I think it t- tends to, we've gotten better about that. Exactly. Like we did three rides 
the first yeah. day. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but my husband turns out he was like, and he ended up admitting that he had, he felt like we needed to do everything. He had yeah. this fear of missing out basically. And it was, I think it did end up impacting his ability yep. to enjoy it at certain times. So it kind of worked out that like my expectations were already like Hello. bottom barrel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that way I could be like, Hey, no, like it's cool. We did three rides. That's, that's wonderful. That's fine. You, are you, yeah. Like, uh, that's great. That's, he has no idea how yep. many rides we did. He also has no idea how many rides we didn't do. It's fine. That's Don't right. worry about it. That's right. And yeah, then it'll get better. You know, your husband will have yeah. so much more fun the next time when he's five. My daughter went on Space Mountain twice with my husband and it was like my husband's like favorite thing. And because he was at a similar, like grew up going to Disney World, loved yeah. it. And for him being able to share like this one ride he loved with her was the thing, this huge thing. And that was a cool experience to watch. But uh, the while my one-year-old cried on every, we tried to take him on a few rides. It was like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Jimmy is going to feel the same when and yeah. we originally didn't um want to take we had had the stock back in like 2017 2018 when we were busy going to Disneyland like once or twice yeah. a month. And um we were like, yeah, I think like 4 is a good age. I'm good with 4. And this was a big family trip that my in-laws paid ah. for, so we're just like, yes, so that was like the key factor and it was almost like a good little like pre-trip because yeah. now I do look forward to, oh, well, we will go again in yeah. two or three years. And when the, when the wounds have faded well, they- and <laughs> when it's just subtle scars yeah. and um, there's no diapers, no stroller, no nap time. Yeah. That'll be better. And it, it, yeah. And it will be more enjoyable. And I think my husband will be able to really share in those, you know, certain rides, certain experiences, and he'll have not, he didn't have a terrible time, but I think when we go the next time, it will be this like, oh my gosh, I get to share this thing with my son. And I think that's what he kind of expected this time around and not so much. Not so much. (laughs) I mean, he's two and he had, he was sick. It was hot. And it was just, it was a lot. When you think about like what you just said, the strollers at nap time, one of my, one thing I really try to um, advise parents when I'm working with them on trips is that this age of the nap, I'll call it the napping age, whatever that is for you and your family, um, yeah. is actually a really great time to prioritize picking like the hotel as a bigger part of the destination than you might have otherwise, because you will spend more time there, right? And if you th- Pick a hotel where you're stuck in the room for nap time. That really lends itself to this sort of like hard to have fun aspect of travel with kids because you feel stuck and you feel like you're not getting to enjoy the travel. Whereas like traveling to the type of place, like maybe a Caribbean destination or maybe not even Caribbean, a mountain cabin or whatever it might be where the hotel or the accommodations themselves are a big part of the appeal. Then you're eager to go back to the hotel at nap time because then you get to enjoy it while your baby is sleeping or taking a nap. And that becomes like part of the enjoyment and not like a thing again, you're fighting against. So it's sort of like adjusting the type of travel you do for that age range, I think can be really helpful. I love that. That's a really great point. And I think that's something that most of us probably aren't thinking about because it's also the tendency to kind of think about how we traveled or what our priorities were pre-children. And I think for most of us, it's, I think a lot of times, like you draw the line of like, I mean, we're going to be out all day doing stuff. Does it really matter? We're only going to sleep there, whatever. But when you have a kid and you are going, you back are going to spend time. more time there. Yeah. yeah. And you're all, you will eat at your hotel too, because you just can't avoid it. Sometimes, sometimes you need like a meal right before a nap, or sometimes your kids are just tired. So same thing. Like I like to recommend like sometimes smaller boutique hotels, but that have good restaurants either right mm-hmm. near them or inside them, because you don't want to feel like you've wasted a meal on your trip by eating at the hotel. But if the hotel restaurant has something really unique to offer, then it's part of the trip again. Um, a lot of these lessons came for me from that trip to Cartagena I was um, mm. mentioning because Cartagena has all these amazing like mansions that they turned into little boutique hotels in the oh, historic wow. city center. And a lot of parents choose to stay in a bigger resort 
like uh, like the Hilton by the beach. There's a beach area because if you if you make a quick decision, you think, well, obviously I'll do better with my kid in a reputable big brand hotel at the mm. beach. But then you have to take a 20 minute taxi every time you want to go into the old city, which is why you're in Cartagena. And that 20 minute barrier with a small kid is like near impossible because then you're on like a time clock. Well, okay, what happens oh if God. they need a break? Yep. Then yep. you have to 20, yep. you know? <laughs> but if you're in the city center, these little hotels all have these like beautiful courtyard pools and these good restaurants. So you can go out with your kid for an hour and then not feel stressed. If they need a break, great. We pop back to our hotel. We sit by our courtyard pool. Oh, you want to go out for another hour? Great. It's not like a whole thing. And those type learning those types of tricks has really helped me sort of like give advice to people about travel with kids, but also um do it successfully of like thinking about like the hotels that you think might work with kids aren't the obvious choices sometimes. Yeah. Well, let's keep going with that because yeah. that's how we were going to wrap it up. Um, so I subscribed to your newsletter Thank and you. it was like two or three <laughs> days ago. And I, w- it was just like, basically like how to make your trip feel yeah. a little bit more like a vacation. <laughs> I told you, I used and I one. was just like, yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. So let's talk about that because you had sure. so many good points on there. And if the number one, I think either the first one or the number one thing that stuck out in my brain was, um, traveling with other families. Yes. And we, it just so happened that this Disney trip was a big family travel trip. And so, and my mother-in-law was so nice and she literally, it was like day three, she grabbed the stroller from me and she said, go have fun at Disney without a baby. And I think if we had not had the ability to yeah. get a break, just the two of us, even for an hour or two to go on a roller coaster or just like go have a drink at the Star Wars. I'm sound like it's okay. A, like old, <laughs> I was gonna be like the Star it's Wars okay. place. I don't, Bye. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> you know, Sorry. the Star Wars yeah. land. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, but I think if we hadn't had that, oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just quality of life would have just really yeah. gone downhill at Disney. So yeah, yeah, talk about like, how can you just make it, what can we do to make it more enjoyable for us? Because I think it's such a good point. You know, we've, maybe we've said this already at least mm-hmm. one time, but you're supposed to enjoy yourself too. Yes. Yeah. Like it's not just for your kids and yeah. it's hard for us to, to like give that. ourselves permission. Yeah, it really is. But I think the more you do it, the easier it's going to be. And the more you realize like, yes, I should be enjoying myself too, not just yeah. my kids. And the, when I look at the list, like some of my like tips for making it more fun for parents, a lot of them have a common theme, which is to find a way to catch some breaks for yourself while you're traveling. Now that can look like a bunch of different ways for different people. I think traveling with other families is a great way if you can find like-minded families who would travel similar to you or who are your like mom friends at home, then the kids provide more entertainment for each other and you're not the sole source of entertainment for the kids. But you also have your community there. So when your kid is having a tantrum at the beach, you have another parent who's not gonna judge you and who might have like a good tip in that moment. or it's like, we I noticed this, like if you have four parents there, maybe two of the parents watch all the kids in the pool and then the other two get to have an adult conversation for five minutes. And having those <laughs> little, you know, like having those little breaks um, can make it really make a difference. Uh, and that like solidarity of traveling with other families so that the kids can entertain each other in addition to giving you a break and giving help. Um, But the other, whether you're traveling with other families or not, we are big believers in vacation babysitting. And I know that that might not be everybody's cup of tea, but for us, having time away while you're on vacation can make it feel like a vacation. And I started, for parents who are nervous about that, when we started doing vacation babysitting, we did it after bedtime. The same way when we started doing babysitting at home, right? Yep. Like make it a low pressure environment, meet the sitter, yeah. like, right? Like your baby's asleep. There's almost like no chance of anything just going like, like terribly wrong. Body in the room. Right. You just need yep. someone there in case something happens. Um, go to a restaurant across the street. Like who cares? Like just start that practice of feeling what it's like to get some time away with a sitter while you're on vacation. And then we grew from there. We now try to get babysitting while we go on vacation so we can scuba dive. Like that's a thing my husband and I love to do together and you can't do it with kids. 
but you should still be able to do it on your vacation. Um, and so there are lots of ways to do that. I always recommend like start by asking your hotel hotels. You'd be surprised. Even if they don't have it on their website, they often work with babysitters and you can find hotels that do. Like I sent some clients to a great hotel in St. Martin that works with a local kindergarten teacher who does their babysitting for them. after. So like you can make sure that you're comfortable, um, with the babysitter. Um, if it's like a new thing. So we do that. And, and then being intentional about breaks. Like, uh, I remember when I first started traveling with my daughter and it was like, okay, I want to go to the spa or wherever, whatever it is. I would schedule it during nap time because I felt as a mom, like that was the time I was allowed to have for me. Now I always schedule the spa the hour before nap time. And my husband gets to watch the baby for an hour, the kids for an hour. And then I get to go to the spa and I still get my nap time to like read a book or I schedule that during those, I like skipping that um, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. window with children, like the dinner and bedtime. Yes. Yep. Right. Like that could be a really hard couple of hours during your trip. And if you can take a break from that one day and that gets to be a day where you get to go have a drink at the bar by yourself with a book and your husband does bedtime or whatever it might be, like being a little bit intentional to get some of those times away and splitting it up with your husband so that you do some childcare together and some activities as a family, but that you each maybe get some time away. So like all those three things, like other families hiring childcare or splitting up time with your spouse, if you're traveling with a spouse can all help to like make the vacation feel more like a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm 100% going to be keeping those in mind for our next trip. I, um, I personally really want to go to Germany to see the Christmas markets. Oh, nice. That would be amazing. Yeah. And one of our close friends lives in Germany too. So it'd be like one of those opportunities. And I'm already like weighing like, hmm, would he be comfortable just like watching Robin after he goes to sleep? (laughs) I feel like my brain having like just the one large trip under our belt, I am already kind of thinking about, okay, how, what can we do for the next trip? How can we make it? maybe easier for us, but like also more enjoyable for us. Cause I think too often we do get sucked into this because we just love our kids and we end up putting all the focus on them, all the energy on them, but then there's nothing left for us. And that's hard enough, like in day-to-day mode when you're in travel mode. Oh my God. And I like, I refuel with alone time. Like I need to be by myself, get away from me. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't have that, if you don't make time for that on a week, if you go on a week long vacation with your family and you don't make time for alone time, you will not then, based on what you just said, come back feeling like you had a vacation. So that's one thing where you need to go into your trips being intentional about like, okay, when am I going to get the alone time that will let me come from this trip? having felt like I had a vacation and getting rid of like the mom guilt that you might feel by going to the spa for three hours or by like taking a walk, whatever, or going, you know, it's hard to do sometimes really hard to do. Yeah. But I think it's the more you do it again, like practice, the more you do it, the easier it's going to get. And like the less guilty you feel, I straight up took (laughs) my son, of course, like was thrown off his nap schedule And so even on the like two days that we came back to the cabin specifically so he could nap, he was like, no, I'd rather party. And and one day I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to lay here and sleep. Here's your Kindle. Enjoy Disney plus. Like I literally don't, you're sitting like you're safe. You're sitting right next to me. I'm going to sleep. And my husband, like an hour later took him to the pool and I got to like finish the second half of my nap by myself. And it really, I just was like, all right, what are like, I'm ready. Here we go. I just right. made like an hour and a half by myself, you guys. And, and I'm rocket back. science. Like think about how much more you enjoyed the afternoon with your son, because you gave yourself that break. You know, it's yeah. like, we, it's just been so hard for us to do it. I'll, I'll never, I remember several times where like I went and did some kind of like activity by myself, whether it was like a spot treatment or a lunch, whatever on a, on a vacation. And I like, as it was wrapping up, I got the anxiety of like, well, what are they doing without me? And you like rush back and like, oh, they're playing in the pool. Oh, they're like doing stuff. They didn't need me for those extra 10 minutes that I could have like taken a shower or like done like whatever, walked slower. I don't care. (laughs) Like it just, (laughs) it will survive without you. But that is so hard to learn. Yes. It takes a lot. I mean, 
I would say probably I'm still learning it, Yeah, but I've come so far compared to, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago, it just takes, it takes time. And you have to learn that. Like, I think what really clicked for me was realizing how much better I felt after alone time. Cause that's the thing that I require. And then seeing how like it positively paid off with my interactions mm-hmm. with my husband, with my interactions with my son, like I was able to enjoy them more. I was more active and in a better mood. And then that's kind of, I remember the first time I noticed it and I was like, okay, this is something yeah. like I just have to do yeah. because not only do I feel better, but then my interactions with my favorite people are better. And obviously yeah. that's what I, and that's what you want, right? That's the whole yeah. idea, right? Yeah. But to, without doing the things for you, you end up not being the best version of yourself. Exactly. Well, speaking of kind of sort of, so last two questions, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> how has being a parent changed you as a person? Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. I think, I think it's made me more intentional. I think it had to, because we're just so overwhelmed by information and choices and time management. And I have become more intentional about how I want to spend my time, how I want to raise my children. And then that has made me more intentional about like my own self and like self-care and things like that. Like I just never was as big into self-care or thinking through all of these things before I had kids and having kids, I think that is probably like the biggest overall personality change that I've seen is like noticing that I'm much more deliberate about pretty much everything in my life. Yeah. I, I understand that completely. I relate to that. And I feel like you just, your priority, your priorities just shift in like a, oh, it's always very hard to describe. This is the part of the podcast where I start throwing in all the ums and uhs. Cause I yeah. literally have a hard, cause I literally have a hard time. Like putting it into words about how there is just this shift within so many Mm -hmm. of us. And almost every single person who I've talked to has ended up saying it in one way or another that like, they're just a different person and they view things differently and just what matters to them, what matters to us just kind of does a 180 and it's cool really. And it's, it makes you just kind of like have a better perspective on life and, um, care about other things less, which is like, yes, let's please continue that trend of caring about things that don't matter less. Care about the (laughs) stuff that matters. And you just like, don't have space for the rest. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, have you made space for a lawn chair moment recently? (laughs) You know, it's a little hard for me because right now my lawn chair moment is sort of strangely working. Um, It's only been a year since I started my business and I'm so passionate about it that I kind of want to work on it all the time. And I've had to come to grips with the fact that that is okay. And that that is something I'm allowed to want to do. And so for me, my biggest lawn chair moment has been to allow myself extra time sometimes to get on my computer, even if there's times that I ought to be doing something else like having my husband take the kids to the park so I can research like that trip for someone. And it's not because I have to, and it's not because I don't want to spend time with my kids, but it's because right now I'm allowed to prioritize this thing that I want to be doing. And that is like something I'm trying to be very like intentional and okay with doing. Um, even if it's called work, that it's something I want to spend time doing. I kind of feel the same way. I recently started my birth class and became a birth educator. And it's like, I'm just like, you know, I'm so excited about it. And I do want to be like, well, I'm just going to shut the door to the office here. I just want to sit here and do this. And I think it's, you know, sometimes we do have that guilt and other times it is like, yep, you go ahead and take them to the park. But I think it's also really great for our kids to see us doing something that we're passionate about. Like my son um, yesterday I was in here working and I'm in the basement and he came downstairs to tell me dinner was ready. And it's just like, so freaking cute all the time. And he's like, what are you doing? And I, I'm working and he's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I think, <laughs> and he's learned that like, this is the office, like yeah. dad, works and mama works. And I think it's just important for our kids to see us doing stuff that has nothing to do with them Yeah, because it makes them, yes, it makes them realize that like, we are our own person. And also like you can give yourself permission to be passionate about different things. You don't have to focus all of your time and energy into one thing. You don't have to focus all of your time and soul into 
parenting, because if you do, you're going to end up feeling lost. And it's so important to keep finding yourself as a parent, because it is so easy to get wrapped up in it. And if you want to really, I feel like for me personally, if I want to feel fulfilled, it means I'm doing a kick-ass job at parenting and and I'm doing other things for myself. Yeah. 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 And that, and knowing you can do those things and that it's not taking away from your ability to be a great parent. It's adding to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So that's that's how I'm spending my lawn chair moments these days. Yay. And maybe sometime it'll circle back to like other forms of self-care, but being allowed to focus on something you're passionate about that's work or not work is important as a parent. Yeah. Well, please tell us where the listeners can find you on the internet, where you're doing all your work. Sure. Uh, so my travel website is mangotreetravel.com. Um, and it's all about uh, helping parents plan like awesome Caribbean trips with their kids. And hopefully soon we'll expand beyond the Caribbean. But for now, that's where we're we're getting started. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Mango Tree Travel uh, and Facebook is Mango Tree Family Travel is the Facebook page. So uh, Instagram and the website are the best places to start. Nice. I'll put all that in the show notes. Awesome. Um, I highly suggest at least you're subscribing to the newsletter. Cause I feel like, you know, it also like reminds me to travel. Cause I think it is one of those things. Parenting is, it is so all consuming and, you know, kids schedules and your own schedule, but I I've always loved to travel. And my husband and I used to travel all the time. And I think kind of learning how to pivot over into what it looks like to travel with kids. Yeah, you can do it. Having, yes. Like you can do it <laughs> and having like these guiding, like these guiding lights or these tips and tricks will make people feel more confident. And then we'll, and then like, we'll just keep doing it. You guys. Awesome. Like it's, you just got to travel. I just feel like I just don't. I'm glad you're inspired by, even by a Disney trip. I love it. But that's good. (laughs) If that could inspire you, anything. You know? Yes. We're just, (laughs) you only have ops ahead of you. It's going to be great. Yes. Yes. I am very much looking forward to the next trip, not being centralized on Disney. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for talking to us. And yeah, this has been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, you guys know you can find me on Instagram as well at Parentel. And we also have a Patreon page going. There's some great stuff on there. It's going to be a great chance for the community to keep growing. And that's really just the whole purpose of this. So I will talk to everyone later. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.